Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Sanagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. And if you are just listening to the show, you can now uh, watch it on YouTube. It is available there at youtube.com slash other people's lives. Yes. And today we are speaking with Scott. Is it Violet? Violet? How do you say the last name? Violet. Scott Violet of Blue Mountain Bigfoot Research. Uh, so to kick things off, can you just explain to us what your organization does exactly? Um, actually, we are a scientific organization that uh, is out to classify and register the uh, American primate <laughs> that's walking in the woods today. Yep. So American primate, meaning I guess what most people would refer to as Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Yes. Cool. So how long have you been doing this? And I guess what made you, you know, essentially dedicate your life to tracking this? All right. Well, I um, actually, what got me into this was um, I have a degree in anthropology and my expertise is in Native American culture. And what got me into it was I've worked with Native American tribes from all over the United States, but particularly I spent a few years with the Miwok tribe in Central California, and they're in the Yosemite Valley area. And um, I started uh, looking at pictographs and petroglyphs that they had in their area, and there was one that I didn't recognize because I learned how to read them in college, but. I was I was looking at this one. I go, what is this? And they said, well, that's uh, Yaya Lee in their language. And I said, what's that in our language? And they go, well, it's you know Bigfoot, hairy man. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it, it, that's real. And they said, yes, absolutely, that's real. And and uh, the pictograph I was looking at was like 500 years old. And we started finding other ones that were like 1,500 years old that were. Um, pictographs of Bigfoot and I started researching with other tribes and I walked over 175 different uh, native tribes that have Bigfoot legends and I said well they got to be something to this so I started looking into the Bigfoot thing about 25 years ago and started finding stories uh, from other people and when I when I launched my website and I got a uh, Facebook page and I got logos all over my truck and people started sharing stories with me. I started cor correlating the Native American stories with the modern day stories and they were matching up. So I thought, well, there's got to be something to this. This legend's got to be real. So uh, two years ago, I actually saw one in the woods for the first time. Yes. So you saw a Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. After 25 years, 25 years of looking. So they're pretty elusive but yeah i saw one two years ago where where were you and like what did it look like because i know like i mean i am not that familiar with bigfoot but i know that you know the legend is is that it's tall like seven eight feet tall or something like that mm -hmm. and walks like a human but looks like a primate so what was can you just like describe this entire encounter and where it was okay yeah uh we were in um we were in the Blue Mountains uh, in eastern Oregon and in, in the Wallowa Whitman National Forest. Um, what led me to it was I, I received several, like 15 reports from people all within a two-week period. And I'm like, oh, okay, so that's probably where they're at right now. So we, we trucked up in the woods and spent every day there uh, for three or four days. 
And then I was hiking along a trail and we smelt this really bad smell, which I have heard described to me, but I've never smelt it before. Uh, but a lot of people who have Bigfoot encounters describe how bad they smell. So I, I, I had the, my partner that was with me. I said, okay, let's just keep walking on this muddy trail and maybe it'll follow us and we can get footprint tracks, you know, cause it was a dense forest. There was no way just, you know, to find it. Um, but so we we hiked a, a little ways um <clears throat> and the smell went away so we turned around went back and when we got back to when the smell was really bad again i heard this kind of a grunt roar <clears throat> sound in the woods and uh give us a general direction but i still didn't see it so i growled at it again i growled back at it and it growled at me again and that's when i located it, it was about 200 feet away and i saw its head and shoulders um through an opening in the trees and it was bobbing its head back and forth a little bit kind of looking at me from side to side kind of like a primate does you know like uh some animals do you know when they they, they they're actually kind to range you <laughs> by doing that so um so i started snapping pictures of it and then we heard a whistle off in the woods to our our right and it turned and walked away um then we spent like three days there measuring everything trying to figure out how far away it was where it was standing and where it was standing we found three nine inch footprints with three 15 inch footprints next to them so the one we saw was six foot tall after measuring everything um the one that whistled that this one off in the woods is probably mom or dad and that was the 15 inch footprints telling the juvenile to walk away um so what it looked like to me was surprisingly more human than I thought. Um, it, it had a, a really familiar human looking face. It was less primate ape. It was more primate hominid like us um, looking at me. Um, so that got me to thinking about what the species might be. What did you feel in that moment? You said that you've essentially been tracking Bigfoot for 25 years and then you have that experience. Oh, I, I was, I was elated. I mean, I, I just kind of sat there in shock for about an hour after it walked away before we did anything else. You know, we were like, Oh my gosh, did we just see what we just saw? You know, trying, trying to, trying to convince myself it was real, you know, but, um, yeah, I was shocked. I mean, like after being in pursuit of this thing for 25 years and, you know, and I've had, you know, what you would say close encounters with them. Um, I've had rocks thrown at me before. I've had uh, trees pulled out of the ground and laid next to my tent in the middle of the night. Uh, you know, we found footprints and stuff like this. It was the first time I ever seen, saw one eye to eye and it was it was I was elated. You know, I was like, oh, my gosh, they are real. I wasn't just thinking of this in my head, you know. What did the footprints look like? Um, they're they're surprisingly different than humans. Um, and I've been studying the footprint cast for a long time, and uh, and I've got to spend some time with some of the the more prominent experts in the field today. You know, like Dr. Jeff Meldrum from. Uh, Idaho State University, and and he explained it explained a lot of stuff to me about the footprints, and um, being an anthropologist and and knowing how the bone structure of a human works, you know, 
Um, if you look at the footprint casts, they're, they are similar to humans, but there are some distinct differences in them. Um, first of all, they're four, five, six inches wide, depending on how long they are. They have a really broad, wide heel. And, and on average, they're 14, 15 to 16 inches long. They have, they have seen some that are up to 20. So wow. that would put that would put that creature over ten foot tall, but Jesus, that's enormous. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like this is, but like I'm like if something's ten feet tall, how can we miss these things? And why, you know, if they're so elusive, how over the years, you know, because I mean I'm twenty eight years old, but even when I was younger, I even knew about Bigfoot and like all these things, and and throughout all this time, like we can't find you know, pictures of them or, you know, or anything like it's, how are they that elusive? If like, it's just all this time, you know, and you were able to see mm -hmm. them on how can we not have, you know, gotten these like clear pictures or video of these things and confirmation? Like, why do you think they're so elusive? Does, do you know? Yeah, I, I do. And I have, I have a theory on that. Um, and what it is, it's, it's kind of, there's, kind of two or three factors in this there is first of all the factor of numbers so in Malawa Whitman National Forest where I live I went to the Forest Service and I asked them how many animals are in the woods well they told me that in in the uh, about 15,000 square miles that this forest is it, which is a huge area you know um, they have about 10,000 deer. So I see deer all the time. They have about 8,000 elk. I see elk quite often. They said they have, you know, about 1,000 to 1,200 bears. I see a bear about every other year. And then they say they had 800 cougars. Well, I have never seen a cougar in the woods. I'm sure cougars probably saw me, but I've never saw one in the woods. Um, but if there's only 100 of these Bigfoot in 15,000 square miles, what's the chance of me ever running across one? And if they're in this, as intelligent as I think they are, if they're like humanoid intelligent, I mean, not tool making intelligent, but just, you know, tribal human, you know, intelligent, they've learned over the years how to avoid humans because we're the biggest predators in the woods. And another thing about that is, um, we do have pictures of them all the time, uh, but nobody believes you. I find footprints about once a year. You know, I've got I've got my pictures that I put up, you know, two years ago, and and like the Roger Patterson film in 1967. That was before any digital anything, you know, and that one is is very convincing. Um, so we do have these, but people just and like I said, I get 120 reports a year just in my area of people who do see them, you know, whether they're hunters or uh, guys out fishing, uh, people out picking mushrooms or berries in the, in the fall, you know? So I, I, we do get a lot of reports. The problem is nobody believes them. They, it doesn't get picked up by the, you know, the headline news, you know, and just us, us researchers get these stories all the time and, and people do see them all the time. Like and if you, yeah, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, like, if, if Nat Geo were to send out, like, here's our best photographers, we're dedicating a year or two, you know, to this search, like, do you think there would be that type of um, high quality footage that would come out? It's just that people aren't putting in the effort to get that. Right. And like that, that's, that's, well, you're correct. I mean, if Nat Geo, they would have to put up a lot of money to do that. Um, because like I said, it took me 25 years to track one down. So if they had a guy in the woods for 25 years, you know, <laughs> so, um, that would cost them a lot of money and a lot of time. And, and a lot of these big corporations just don't do that. Um, you know, they, they, they'd rather spend their money on taking pictures of tigers in Africa you know, or, or met lions in Africa. Okay. Right. What about, um, tigers. <laughs> I don't know how this works with other animals, but things like uh, finding a dead body or finding the bones of animal. I don't know if that's something common or if that's something that's ever been discovered with Bigfoot. Um, it, it hasn't um, been discovered with Bigfoot. And there's another probability of why that hasn't happened. Um, there's a few things people don't realize in the woods, um, especially up in the Pacific Northwest. It is, I mean, the ground is, has a lot of acid in it and it's wet all the time. It's not very conducive to uh, preserving bones. That's why you find dinosaurs in deserts, but you don't find them in forests. Um, and, and, and another thing with this is uh, a lot of people don't know porcupines. Their main diet is is bones they eat bones that's what they eat because they have to build the calcium for those little spikes that they wear on the back of the, on their backs you know but um what's interesting is there was an anthropologist in washington state university um he's passed away now but his name was grover krantz and he put up twenty five thousand dollars for anybody who could bring him the the carcass or the bones of a bear that died naturally in the woods of just a, a just a bear just a bear and nobody's ever been able to do it oh that's interesting yeah huh so where okay. do they like so what is the answer to that if like the bears aren't dying from natural causes when they do die what happens to their remains <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just like everything else in the woods I and mean, you got the predation you know from you know even other bears eating them uh coyotes uh wolves up here in the northwest we have wolves um and then you know cougars and all all the meat eaters they take care of the big part portion of it then bugs take care of the rest and um and then the porcupines eat the bones so i have found piles of uh elk fur but that's the only thing is left is the elk fur there's nothing left there's no bones there's nothing um so we find that quite often actually that's that that is really interesting yeah. um so i guess from your experience the research what is your theory in terms of you you i think you said before the northern ape or northern primate uh, what to you is it uh how many of these do you think there are? Are these like primates that travel in packs? Are, is this a hybrid between a man and an animal? I guess, what's your kind of breakdown of what Bigfoot is Okay, um, as a tribe? Okay, um, 
here's here's my theory and and there's a few other people who have the same theory i do um is uh first of all i think there's about probably 2500 of them uh between up in the pacific northwest between between you know northern california up in washington but these things are all over the world i mean we find them in nepal and even in australia and uh vietnam and there's uh, there's uh, china you know there's uh, russia these places these things are all over the world um what i think they are is the difference between a primate ape like a gorilla and a primate hominid species like us is that we walk upright and we have small canine teeth primates apes have they walk on all fours and they have very large canine teeth the one i saw in the pictures i've saw and descriptions over you know hundreds and hundreds of descriptions i've got everybody says that these things have small canine teeth they look very human and they walk upright so technically and scientifically these things are human uh, they um at any given time in the history of humans we've had uh four to five species of humans living on the planet at the same time that whole evolutionary curve that that t-shirt you see with the with the monkey that turns into the guy yeah that that's not how it worked that's 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 bunk you know um the way it worked was there's a common ancestor somewhere like up at the top of the waterfall but as the water comes down over the waterfall it's the water spreads out and as you go in as different species of humans went to different um, areas on the planet they adapted differently to survive in that area so that's that's why we have different you know looking humans you know you you've got you know black people white people red people yellow people you know so they developed in different regions for different you know um oh god what's the word i'm looking for they have they had different things they had to adapt to to survive and their bodies changed to do that over you know thousands and thousands and thousands of years so what happened with the human species as they spread out we've had like homo heidelbergensis homo nadali uh homo forensiensis uh homo neanderthal and homo sapien us all live together at the same time and we know what happened to homo neanderthal because they were in the in france and europe area when when our species homo sapien got there we bred them out four percent of all europeans or i meant all europeans pretty much have three to four percent of neanderthal dna in them so why is today any different it's i don't think it is i think there's another species of human still living on this planet they just avoid us like a plague <laughs> so that's what i think they are i don't think they're an ape i think they're an actual another split off the human genome somewhere who has survived over you know all the extinctions just like yeah. we have. it makes me think of even like indigenous tribes of like the amazon that 
haven't even been discovered yet, you know, but have kind of their own civilization out there. Exactly. So I think Bigfoot falls in that category. Do wow. we do we know what it what they eat or like you know, I, I assume that there should be some sort of evidence of like animals with bite marks or scratch marks or something or you know i don't know is there anything do you know anything about what they eat what their diet is like oh absolutely um there's there's a couple things about their about them and what they eat and i have experienced this personally actually um we we have a lot of reports of them chasing down deer when you're you know 10 foot tall and you have a six foot stride length it doesn't take many steps for you to go a long ways so you're they're pretty fast creatures they really are um and so they do eat meat they do eat animals um we have found uh deer uh in trees with no bite marks no scratches no bullet holes no nothing these things are laying across branches sideways in trees eight foot up with their necks broke like something grabbed it and broke its neck um that that is found surprisingly a lot i mean there's probably three or four cases of that found a year um around the nation um of deer being stored in trees like a meat locker um and then another thing is if the the patterson film which is probably the best video of a bigfoot we have ever got um if you take the measurements of this creature uh, it has a very long torso. I mean, they, because they're tall, but they're longer than us. Their torso is longer than ours on average. You know, if, um, you know, the average human, your torso fits within this measurement, you know. And so they, they are, their average is longer than ours. So that means they have more intestines than we do. They have a longer digestive tract than, than we do. So they can eat stuff like lichen out of trees. They can eat uh, vegetation that, that we can't get nutrients out, but they can because they have a longer digestive tract. So I'm figuring they're like us. They're omnivores. They eat and vegetation, and they, their bodies just uh, process rougher food than ours, so it's easier for them to survive. And you, you're talking about, you mentioned Roger Patterson. I just looked that up. So that, it looks like it was 1967. It was, what was that kind of footage, like the, some of the most clear footage, I guess, that was released to date? It is. It's the, it's the clearest footage we've got to date. And the neat thing about that, it was taken on an old time film camera that had to be developed. So um, there's nothing digital about that at all taken in 1967. Okay. I've seen these photos. I'm looking it up now. It's extremely clear. It's basically a giant ape human man walking upright, kind of turning and looking at the camera. Yeah, that's it. Um, and, and there's something interesting about that, um, whole thing is one, if you watch how it walks, it does not walk like a human. Um, it has what that's what is known as a compliant gait, because if you notice, it kind of walks hunched over. It never locks its knees. Humans, when we walk, we lock our knees. Uh, we we hit our heel on the ground. We lock our knees. We vault over our hips. That's why we bounce when we walk. It, that creature doesn't bounce at all. Um, and there's there's a couple reasons for it. One, 
the way it walks hunched over and not locking its knees. Two, we've discovered that their foot flexes in the middle. So their foot bends in the middle and they have what they call a mid-tarsal break. And that is because they have no arch in their foot. If we didn't have an arch in our foot, our foot would bend in the middle too. So so if you if you watch that film as they walk, as soon as the toe comes off the ground, the the foot is vertical to the ground. People don't walk kicking their heel on the bottom of their foot straight up and down every time they take a step. So and then if you were to measure the length of the legs, the length, you know, from the hip to the knee and from the knee to the ankle and the length of the arms compared to the shoulder width and stuff like that, we get back into those averages. It doesn't match any human averages. In fact, the length of the torso of that and the length of the legs compared to the arms, we can't, you can't put a human in that suit. There's no way, because there's some things, if you put a man in a suit, you can't change the length of his, you know, the, the bone of his hip to his knee. You can't lengthen that or shorten it, you know, according to the averages. So that's what's really convincing about that film is one, it was taken before you could digitally alter anything. And two, um, that creature's seven foot, six inches tall. Um, because that's something that geographic did do. They took that film and diagnosed, they went to that area and took laser scanners and scanned the whole terrain exactly where that was taken. And they took the focal length and, um, from the camera and did all the math and they figured that they could measure everything that was taken in that film. And they, that creature was seven foot, six inch hunched over. If it stood up straight, it was probably a little taller, but, um, they broke that down and said, yeah, there's no way you could put a human in that suit if it was, a, you know, there's no way it fit. And uh, for anyone listening, if, if you want to check this out now, it's Patterson Gimlin, G-I-M-L-I-N film. But it, quick search, it'll definitely come up. Yeah. Do you have a theory as to why a company like Nat Geo won't go out of their way to find this footage? Because I assume that this would be one of the biggest stories. Like if it were to come out that there was definitive footage um that they caught on these 4k cameras that we have nowadays and uh-huh. very clear like is there a theory as to why they won't do that it to me it just seems like it would be to their benefit to find this well actually they they have i mean they have um there's shows that come out all the time uh, and documentaries you know there's probably you know two or three a year that come out about the search for Bigfoot. But the problem is they take those 4K cameras and they take all their equipment and they go into the woods for a weekend or they go into the woods for a week or a month at the most. And without any, you know, research or or stories like, like I got, like, like I said, it took me 25 years to find one. And then the only reason I did that is because I had a whole lot of people give me information all within a few days. Um, that was where I was able to, to narrow down where this creature was going to be. And if these things are migratory in any way, going into the going into the woods for a weekend or a week to sh- or two weeks to shoot, you know, because because shooting documentaries is very expensive. So, you know, it, it'll it'll cost them you know a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars a week to put those crews in in the woods. And they're not going to spend any more than that. So it's going to be highly unlikely that they ever find anything. When you 
meet people and tell them what you do for a living uh what's the reaction that you normally get um i do get the scoffs and the laughs and the chuckles a lot um but uh there is a large community of people out here who and i hate using the word believe uh because you know i I, i'd rather you know leave belief up to religion to me i'm more of a scientist you know like because i'm an anthropologist i went you know that's what i do um is science so uh there are the there are the chucklers and stuff like that but I think after I sit down and explain to them the science behind what we have discovered over the last, you know, hundred years, you know, from other, other people been doing this for a long time um, and taking all the, all those little points of data and putting them together. Um, it's fairly convincing to a lot of people that like, Oh, that makes sense. You know? Uh, but I, you still get the people who are like, Oh yeah, you're an idiot. You know, <laughs> But uh, I just chuckle and go on and, and, and let the trolls alone, you know, basically. <laughs> no, but it's, I think it's the reason, you know, we want to speak with you because, you know, people are going to believe or they're not going to believe. But it seems like for you, um, it's not just this like romanticized belief or something that you want to believe. But from, I guess, a scientific approach, you just feel that there's a lot more evidence uh, leaning towards the existence uh, plus your own experiences. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I tell I tell people that a lot. It's, it's not that I believe; it's that I have studied the evidence and found it credible. Um, you know, so for me, it's more of a, a scientific experiment, and <laughs> than it ever was. You know, just oh, I'm going to go find some mystery thing. You know, um, it's like I have got all this evidence that's right in my face, saying this thing is here. This is real. This has got to be because. Um, Case in point, here's something that nobody that a lot of people don't know about is, uh, gosh, I'm dates are, I think it's 1990 sometime, but don't quote me on that. Uh, there was a, a set of footprints found up in Bosburg, Washington, which is kind of the center of the state up by the Canadian border. There was these footprints found and one of the foot, one of the two feet, there were 15 inch tracks found in snow. Um, one of the feet was deformed and if you were to take that foot and draw out the bone structure in it um it makes sense the deformity makes sense because if you took the drawing of those bones and showed it to a podiatrist and they look at it they say that's club foot that's a natural human problem so if this footprint was faked it was faked by a podiatrist and if it was faked, it was faked 180 or no, 1087 times because we found 1087 of these footprints and, and the foot was flexible. So, you know, as it stepped on different substrates, it made different shapes, you know, but it was the same foot. So we found a big foot that had a human problem. So. You know, if somebody's going to fake that, they had to be very intelligent and had, like I said, they had to be a podiatrist or a doctor. And and in 1990, I don't think they had the technology to make that happen. Yeah, that that's interesting. I never heard that because I know that there have been hoaxes uncovered. Um, I know there was, uh, what's his name? 
had it here. Oh, Ray Wallace. I know he, yeah. So I'm sure obviously that kind of affects the credibility of a lot of this in people's minds, but um, I guess he was kind of planting footprints and then said, you know, at the time of his death that he was just kidding and he made it up. Um, but something like what you just said is, um, you know, de definitely interesting where it would be a lot more difficult or take a lot more time um, to make a hoax out of something like you said with the club foot. Yeah, exactly. And, and then what's, what's really interesting to me in any way is as an anthropologist, I know the shape of the foot. I know the bone structure of the foot. I can name every metatarsal on that foot. But so when I see footprints, it doesn't take me very long to look at them and say, that's fake or that's real, you know, just by the shape of the foot and the way it's uh, impacted the ground. Um, so, and there, and there's several of us out here that, that know the secrets, you know, so it doesn't, I, and do I get hoaxed? I get hoaxed. I, well, people try to hoax me all the time. And then I, and there are even some big footprints that I looked at and said, ah, that's gotta be real. But you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna chuck this in the hoax file because I have to, you know, only ones that I could sit down and say, okay, this is it. You know, we've got footprints. We've got footprints with dermal ridges in them, uh, in the toes. You know, the fingerprints in the in the toes that don't match humans. You know, uh, in fact, it's an unknown primate type pattern that was even looked at by uh, fingerprint experts with the police force, and they said that is not a human uh, fingerprint. So, if you were to fake this footprint how did you carve fingerprints into a piece of wood? You know, that fine and that detailed, it's kind of hard to do. So, so with, you know, what you're currently doing and <clears throat> studying, what is, what is your end goal? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Like, are you trying to, um, you know, just study as much as you can about these, this species, or are you trying to kind of bring light to it and hopefully like convince everyone? Well, I, I don't know if it's a matter of convincing. Um, what I wanted to do is just get it recognized by the scientific community, which is kind of hard to do for twofold. One, we were just talking about the hoaxing. Uh, that's another reason mainstream science probably won't touch this because it's very hard to, uh, the mainstream scientific community works on, uh, you know, funding from the public or grants, you know, and you don't get grants if you can't prove what you're going to prove, you know? Um, so with all the hoaxing and stuff that goes on, I, I don't think any of the mainstream people will ever try to go out and, and prove this. I think what's very exciting today is DNA. I think that's, what's going to put this over the edge. Um, Cause right now there's, there's a, a real promising new technique that's coming out where they it's called environmental DNA where they can take you know a cup of water out of a pond and tell you every creature that ever drank from that pond so um, hopefully when we get enough of these unknown primate DNA strains and being able to put them together I think we have over a hundred now of the of DNA from that's unknown primate that match each other don't match anything else on the planet um, we can start convincing mainstream science that here we got proof. We got DNA right here. Look at this, you know, hmm. that's yeah, that that's interesting. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's just something to, 
keep up to date with, I guess there's always going to be new information out there, new sightings, new potential evidence. Um, but this, this was really cool. I think your, you know, your scientific approach to this is interesting and, uh, it was really great to, to talk to you. And as two people who really know absolutely nothing about this, uh, it was definitely eye opening. Well, thank you. Awesome. Is there somewhere where people can go and get more information? Um, yeah, we have a website. Um, it's uh, squatchorgan.com. And I also have a YouTube channel called Blue Mountain Bigfoot Research. And that's where we post all our findings. We do little stories on everything we find. And we do documentaries about some of the stories we get. And on our website, um, it's going to be changing pretty soon. We're going to start adding more information on there. But right now, we're working on a whole new project where we're going to... Um, uh, I'm actually in Maine right now, and we're going to travel back across the United States from back to Oregon um, later. But what we're trying to do is is collect as many stories from people who haven't come forward before, and uh, we're going to do a massive database of all these stories so we can start uh, diagnosing these creatures' habits. You know, and from each little story, we'll have a of the puzzle so we can start you know figuring out their family life their 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 eating habits their travel habits and we can do that with just stories we get from people and that's our next project that we're going to be working on a massive story database so sweet well thank you so much for coming on and and taking the time and uh like you know informing us about all of this i'm definitely gonna look into it because I'm, i'm super interested now all right. Thank you. All right. You Thanks. Again. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Um, I, I got to say that I I came into this a full-on, like, fucking skeptic, but part of me now, he's, like, convinced part of me. <laughs> Has he not we, convinced you? Um, I Yeah, I mean... Because what he's I, saying makes a lot of sense. Because, dude, listen, if you look up, like, we ha- no one in their right mind, like, doubts the existence of Neanderthals, right? Yes. So, but if, if you Google what they looked like, it's not that far off. I mean, people definitely do doubt it, but, yeah. Of what, Neanderthals? Well, I mean, yeah. Religion's another topic. Oh, well, yeah, but, but I'm, I'm saying like, there's not a lot of people who are just like, you know, whatever. Bigfoot just seems to like, everyone just jumped on the fat of being like bullshit, but maybe, yeah, but why not? The I just, bare bones thing of like, no one's been able to, and I think I have heard that before. Like no one's been able to collect the bones of a bear. And I do understand that it's not common to see certain animals kind of in their natural habitat obviously but i mean for me we've still seen these animals (laughs) you know what i mean yeah like we Um, that's the only thing that's like i get that they're elusive but bro we've seen hummingbirds like they're the fastest fucking bird (laughs) like yeah i mean i guess the argument here of or like certain species of animal makes them more elusive but I don't know, man. Like, that's the part that's, like, hard for me. Like, it makes a lot of sense what he's saying. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's bullshit or anything like that at all. Because it makes sense. Like, I do believe in his, you know, his um, 
the not theory, but like what he was saying, where there was like a bunch of different species of humans living on the earth at the same time. Yeah, mm. I, I believe that. I, I think that that is, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. So the fact that one of these is kind of like, and we all, I mean, if you stare at a gorilla, you're like, I'm staring at, there's a person in there, you know, <laughs> like, like if you stare at a gorilla, you're like, these are, it's very close. So why can't there be an even closer, like, thing that bridges that gap so like that just makes sense to me i don't think it's like wild to assume if you told me that they hovered above the above the ground and flew then that way i would be harder to believe but just to believe that they walk upright it's like i don't know but the fact that we don't see them that it just i don't know it's hard for me to believe that also hunting i mean for no one to have seen and killed one of these also yeah throughout the history of the world is a little hard to believe. I mean, there's just so much about this that is just this mythical legend that is has just been passed down from, you know, drawings on the cave wall to... But there's deers know, hanging in the trees. Explain that. <laughs> but I, I mean, th- that that's why it's such a good, I guess if you want to call it conspiracy theory, because there's these weird things not mounting evidence on either side necessarily or things that you can't explain um it's fun like i want them to exist i'll tell you that dude if i saw a 10 foot fucking bigfoot (laughs) i'd be like bro maybe they're maybe they're procreating and hiding and then they're just gonna run rampant on the fucking on oregon and just take real planet of the apes yeah planet of the human apes yeah (laughs) Uh, I'd be terrified. Oh, Though God. we we have guns, so yeah. there's that. But, yeah, um, we would have to do that. But if they figure out how to use guns. Oh, we are so <laughs> fucked. What I do know is that Scott, who we just spoke to, does believe, obviously. Yes. I mean, he's taking an anthropological approach. He feels the evidence speaks for itself. Uh, and it's. I'm almost just glad that there's people like him dedicating <laughs> all their time to this research like just give us more evidence I'm, I'm open i'm ready for it yeah i mean oh man I, I, there, I, there's I a know. lot to look up i don't know enough but even just doing like searches in the conversation apparently I, like the fbi investigated bigfoot once and yeah i'm gonna be doing a lot of reading i think that i in the past i guess i was just dismissive about it just because I learned about it when I was young and when you're young, it's easy to be like bullshit. And it's like easier to just do that. And I just haven't thought about it since then. So now I'm just kind of like, yeah, why not? Why can't they exist? Like, I don't like, I get it. And like it, the only part that makes it hard to believe is the fact that like, yeah, we're not going to see these fucking things. Like, like even if he thinks there's 2000 of them, like, bro, come on. If you found one, like what, let's just say over the course of whatever, like this one particular man was able to find one. Like, no one else has been able to find one. Yeah. And, like, get this shit in, like, the recent time and, like... Not one of these things wandered into, like, you know, a town one day. Like, that's the other thing. I mean, okay, I understand the elusiveness, the intelligence, but I don't know. This is going to sound weird, but is there, like, mental illness involved with them, too? Like, can there... Like, they get club feet. Like, can there just be one that doesn't know what's going on and it's just, like, wandering... That's true. ...where he shouldn't... That's true. Uh, I don't know. I, I will say um, I'm down for it. Bring me evidence. I, I, all right. I won't write it off completely. But I'm down I will, with Bigfoot. 
I would believe in aliens much sooner than Bigfoot. See, and like that even doesn't make sense. I mean, to I me do now. believe in aliens. I believe what? in aliens what doesn't? too. But so I what mean, doesn't I feel make like sense? To believe in something that we haven't seen and that's been like, you know, whatever and blah 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 and it's like it's out there and they could fly and they're in they're invisible and they can do mind control and like there's all these things about aliens but with with bigfoot it's just like it's just a, an ape that walks upright we're like get the fuck out of here but we, i know but it's isn't easier it to believe yeah. aliens but it is easier to believe because of everything you just named it's harder to believe that there's just a ape human walking around that we haven't seen. It's much easier to believe that there's superior technology and an advanced species that we can't, that we haven't caught up to yet to find. I don't know. This is I, why these things are th- are theories. Like we're we're no, not gonna know. Like we don't question aliens because we're like, oh, it has to be because it's outside of our you know education and in whatever blah blah blah. But this is like kind of easy to understand. I don't know. Should we take a trip? I think we're going to Oregon, baby. <laughs> Let's go. We're going to Oregon, baby. <laughs> it's cool. It, it, it gives you something to think about. And uh, he was cool. He was the right person to speak to about that, too, I think. It's not like, you know, he's not uh, necessarily a fanatic of Bigfoot. He's right. Like, he, he wasn't like a fan. He was just like a scientist. Yes, exactly. And that's why I like that as well. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This is going to be my next talking point the next time I get drunk with some friends and being like, you guys believe in Bigfoot? And then just see where it goes. And then you sneak in that evidence that yeah, you know yeah. and see how they I'm react. like, you know, you can't find the uh, <laughs> remains of a bear either, though. <laughs> right. So. Uh, all right. Well, hey, if, if anyone out there has Bigfoot encounters of their own, shoot us an email. We'd love to read it. Yeah, we definitely want to hear that. Uh, also, if you have anything that you think fits for the show, don't hesitate to hit us up. Go to OPLshow.com slash contact. Send us an email. We go through all of them. And if it works, then we will schedule something out. Yep. And follow us on Instagram at OPL Podcast. We put up the clips of the show there. Uh, YouTube.com slash other people's lives. If you want to see the video version of these, if you want to see our faces while we have these conversations. And uh, you can support the show also by going to patreon.com slash OPL show where you get bonus episodes, follow-ups with guests. We answer questions that you guys send in. So lots of good stuff there. And uh, that is all. Yep. And that is all. We'll see you guys next time. (laughs) 